So good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to the No Mongol Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. And my name is Rick Beta. Today, I've got a member of the Street Plant Stoke Brigade. He's also a fellow podcaster, personal trainer, and just an all-around solid human being. Dave Pike joins me today. Dave, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, what's up, man? Dude, I don't know if I can live up to that intro, man. <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm kind of a jerk, I think. But oh, I you know, we can add that in. I'll edit it out. I'll just kind of put jerk at the very end. Jerk. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, no, I know it's been kind of a, a long time coming for a couple months. You know, I yeah. toss them back and forth. Yeah, I'm glad we finally made it happen, dude. So it's good to finally have you on the show and chatting with you via internet but kind of in person you know oh me too man i'm <laughs> dude i'm stoked i'm stoked to be quote unquote here yeah that's awesome <laughs> exactly man so as most podcasts most stories start we'll, we'll just kind of take it back to the beginning just for anyone listening maybe doesn't know who you are but so your skateboarding journey i mean it's per my notes here it started around eight years old is that right yep. yeah right. just about uh 30 years ago almost man it's crazy <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's earlier than most. Yeah. Well, so I was um, like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in New York. I'm a native Long Islander. That'll always be my home. I live in Virginia right now, but um, Long Island is where my heart is. Uh, I was born and raised, lived there until I was about 32, I think, or so like that. Um, Married a girl from the UK who did not want to stay on Long Island, so we moved. Um, But uh, as far as skateboarding is concerned, yeah. So I started skating um, kind of like with some kids in my neighborhood. So when I was eight years old, um, you know, I had like three friends. It was my friends across the street and then a few other people. And we would like play baseball. We'd run around, play tag, all that stuff. And one day um, I saw a couple kids just cruising by my house in the street on these skateboards. And I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, like I feel like most people – have that you know they, they started skating in the 80s it was like oh man back to the future you know i saw marty mcfly on a skateboard for me it was just uh my my good buddies who are still friends to this day steve and andrew were just skating by one day and i'm like hey i remember like yelling at him like what are you guys doing you know like it's crazy uh and then i begged my parents for a skateboard got a nash like snoopy board or something like that <laughs> I remember and, <laughs> oh man it was you know i actually looked it up and i found one on ebay that was just going for an irresponsible amount of money. So I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger on it, but got that board was instantly hooked. Uh, my older cousin who I really looked up to Ron, um, he was, I mean, you know, he was probably about 15 or 16 years older than me. So, you know, he's a teenager doing his thing or maybe early twenties at that point doing his thing. And, you know, he taught me like everybody's first trick, you know, where the board's upside down, you put your feet under it and then Mm -hmm. you jump up and land on it. That was then from there, I was just hooked. And then, you know, like we would, we'd skate all around the neighborhood and I had my, my, my friends sort of shifted to Steve and Andrew who were the, the, you know, the skaters in in my little, uh, on my block. We would just go out, you know, skate in the curb in front of my house, you know, morning till night. Uh, any chance we could, we'd get off the bus, I'd stop at their house and we'd skate in their garage if it was raining or snowing. So yeah, that was pretty much, you know, up until I was probably about 12 or 13 years old, just how it was. And then I got kind of active in, um, played ice hockey pretty much my whole life. I grew up from the time I was like six years old um, and just was really into it. And at that point I was starting to get pretty good starting to play for some different travel teams and stuff. And I had some coaches who were not really psyched about skateboarding, even though 
we're on ice with sharp blades and running into each other, you know, <laughs> like yeah. they thought I might get hurt. So unfortunately, you know, I had to kind of like hide my skateboarding a little bit from them. Couldn't really talk about it too much. And hockey, you know, as anybody who knows hockey, it takes up so much time between getting to the rink at like two in the morning to get ice time and going back and stuff. So that, um, that kind of took precedence over a lot of things. Um, and then I started playing lacrosse and football and a bunch of stuff. I was a typical jock, um, you know, and, um, you know, I always had a skateboard though. I was always, um, it's one thing, you know, like I've always had a few items and possessions in my life, you know, that have been a constant and a skateboard has been one of them. And even though, you know, after I was probably about maybe 16, 17 years old, I really didn't touch it too much, you know, for years at, at points, I always had one with me. It came to, to college with me, uh, it came to my first apartment with me. It was always something I could just roll around on and have fun, um, you know, and just enjoy. Um, I always loved skateboarding. I always felt like it was a part of me. I always felt like a skater, even though I might not, you know, it might be, you know, several months or years since I've stepped on a board, that sort of thing. Fast forward to now, about two years ago, you know, I, I had, um, my wife and I raced uh, mountain bikes um, professionally for a little while. And that really, you know, was our, our sole focus for probably like about six or seven years, um, just traveling all around, going to races and stuff. You know, at that point, I still had, you know, I had two skateboards, I have my longboard cruiser, and then I just had, you know, another uh, alien workshop board that I had bought uh, in New York before I left to move to Virginia. And something in me was just like, dude, let's pick this up again, man. Like, you know, you got time. I was pretty much burnt out on the mountain biking at that point. You know, I was still into running and all that stuff to be fit, but um, just decided to pick up a board again. And uh, haven't looked back since, you know, um, managed to, you know, find a good community of people with uh, Street Plant and Mike V's company. And, you know, that kind of uh, helped to to sort of motivate me, you know, I guess as a, as a, just about 40 year old dude, there's not a lot of uh, friends of mine that have the time uh, to go out and skate, you know, yeah. so I'm pretty much mostly on my own, you know, I'll hit the skate park every so often, but for the most part I skate by myself and it was just, uh, you know, it's something I can do on my own and I can progress at my own pace and enjoy it and do whatever I want to do with it. You know, uh, and it's yeah. been great, especially with the pandemic and stuff. I've been able to, uh, you know, just have my little, I call it my parking lot utopia mm. and, uh, go out and skate in the parking lot, you know, I'll bring my little grind box with me and there's some curbs and just have a good old time. Yeah, dude. I could, I've been following you for a little while now and yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. And it's, I'm seeing a lot of that or reading a lot about a lot of, you know, individuals, they started skating, they quit for whatever reason, life got in the way and now they're back into it, you know, especially with the pandemic and all that. And I've kind of been the same way too. And I started around 12. Have I skated every single day in the last 30 years? No. Um, you know, <laughs> life happens. You work. You know, I, I got married. I had kids. So I couldn't skate all the time or as much as I wanted to. But it was always in my mind. It was always in my brain. I was, you know, subscribed to all the magazines, you know, watched mm -hmm. everything on TV. So I was always, I always had my finger on the pulse, you know. But, but yeah, it's like skaters know, like, once you get hooked and you get a taste of that life, and what the community can give you and, and, and the return on the and the return on investment is it's it's for a lifetime it's, and you something you can't you can't break off too easily so it's cool to hear like your story of like you know and, and going back as you said um you know lacrosse and hockey you know and your coaches oddly enough think that was more violent than, than skateboarding <laughs> i could totally see that too because my son plays soccer and i mean he has no interest in skating but 
Um, I can see where like his coaches now would be like, okay, well, what are you doing on the weekend? I don't know. I'm most important, like the coach speaking to the coach, because it's all about them and their team. So looking after their butts, you know, so, so I get that. So I'm sure that was, I mean, it sounded like you handled that well. I mean, you just played lacrosse and hockey, right? And kind of dealt with that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, at that age too, uh, you kind of, you don't really, you know, I hadn't really thought much about like, what happens if I lose something, you know, like yeah. I hadn't really thought about like, let me get rid of skateboarding so that I could play hockey. It was more like, okay, cool. Like, well, you don't want me playing, you know, skateboarding. So I'll still skate of course, you know, but I'm just not going to talk about it type of thing. You know, I won't really, I won't really say much. And I think a large part of it was just the time, you know, yeah. like between playing, you know, I was playing mm-hmm. hockey and lacrosse pretty much simultaneously. So just really like it was, I was exhausted, you know, like I'd wake up, at like I think it was like three or four days a week and my my dad bless his soul he's 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 passed away but that man was a saint for bringing me to hockey practice he'd wake up wake me up at two in the morning I'd I'd put on my hockey gear half asleep get in the car he'd drive me to the rink I would wake up and put the rest of my stuff on put my skates on go skate uh then I'd come home I might have you know like team lacrosse practice or something later but I didn't really think about I didn't really think about like you know, quote unquote, like losing skating. I think it was just that my activities were such that like it didn't fit in as much as it had, but I was still having fun with everything, you know? And I think now as, as a, you know, I'll be 40 in a little bit less than a month. Mm -hmm. Not that that's old by any means, but it's, you definitely, I think in my thirties, I started to realize like, Hey man, there's like, this isn't going to last forever, you know, (laughs) physically, physically I've, I've always been a fit person. You know, I've, I played college sports. I was, you know, always active. I'm a personal trainer, so I have to be fit obviously, but there's, there is a little bit of decline, you know, like there's certain things now that I, I look at and I'm like, boy, I can't really do that. Like I used to, or I'm, I'm more sore, you know? So at this point in my life with skating, I don't miss a day, you know, like it's, it come hell or high water. I don't care if I'm doing kickflips in the guest bedroom, Love I'm getting on a skateboard at some point because kind of in, in my mind, and, and this might just be my own obsessive compulsive <laughs> nature. I, I want to make up for lost time. You know, like I mm-hmm. still want to, I want to progress. I still want to learn tricks. Like I still, you know, like I wanted to learn how to 360 flip at 39 and I dedicated myself for like three months to like, okay, what are you going to do to do this? You know? And, and that's just, you know, it's, it's kind of, I think, I guess to, to kind of come back around to your question, like, I think at, at the stage when I was younger, it didn't matter as much. But at this point in my life, I'm like, hey, you need to take every moment for what it's worth. Life moves super fast. It only gets faster as you get older. And there may come a time where you're not going to be able to 360 flip. So you better try and do that. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. Damn right. No, that's an excellent <laughs> point, man. And, and you mentioned your dad. I actually had a question about him on here. So he, he obviously yeah. supported your lacrosse, supported your hockey. What was his thoughts on skateboarding? Like, did he have like any opinions uh, on skateboarding as well? Uh, not, you know, I mean, my parents, both my mom and dad never were, they never wanted me not to do anything, you know, Ooh. like they, they always supported anything I was into, whether it was skateboarding, whether it was lacrosse, hockey, whatever, you know, like model car building, that sort of thing. Nice. Um, I was super lucky to have, you know, two very incredibly supportive parents. Um, the only thing that, and this is kind of funny, but the only thing that my mother was ever 
a little bit worried about was, and this is a blast from the past. So I don't, depending on the age of the listener, they may or may not remember this, but <laughs> when, when Nottis had his boards, you know, like, oh, yeah. he was, uh, and there was the, the pentagram and, and, you know, like not spelled backwards as Satan. My mm. mom, like I wanted a Nottis board. So bad. I think it was the Santa Monica airlines, yeah. the, the kitten yep. board. She, I wanted that board so bad and she would not let me have it. And she's like, if I find out that skateboarding is all about devil worshiping, you're out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty much the only time I ever got some flack about, uh, about skateboarding from my parents, but otherwise they were hundred uh, percent supportive. Yeah, no, I remember that board very well. I mean, there's been like, I, I was thinking about it. Like there's been a lot of controversy and boards uh, uh over the years that have come and gone it's like damn i mean yes to, for people just to see how people reacted to those when notice was yep. definitely one they're like they i mean i don't know how much you know buzz it got in the media but yeah people were like wait spell that backwards wait a minute what's this guy you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do so <laughs> that's funny but so i mean uh, were there any like like for me i i Hasoy kind of got me motivated to skate. Is there any like skateboarders back in the day? Like, I, mean, I don't know when you're eight, did you have anyone that like you were that kind of influenced you or did it happen? Like as you were getting older, like recognizing these pros that are riding out there. Dude. Uh, well, okay. So obviously the bones brigade at that yeah. point, you know, we're talking like mid to late eighties. That was huge, you know, but the one skater that like completely among everybody else still to this day, that made me want to skate and totally soaked me out was Mike V, you know, like a hundred percent being an East coast kid, you know, knowing like, dude, he's from New Jersey and he's a badass. He's in the bones brigade. Like, Oh no way. You know? So he was, he was the number one guy. Like my, my buddies and I, when we were kids would always be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm Mike McGill or I'm Tony Hawk. I was always Mike V, you know, like (laughs) he was, he was just a badass dude. He could skate like he was an East coast guy had the shaved head, you know, his, his, uh, his, his part in, uh, it was a band. This, I think was just awesome. You public know, domain like, it, comes to mind. Public domain, yeah. I'm sorry. I love yeah, public not, domain. Not, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not band. This public domain. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, the, the amount of times I watched that, he was definitely the one that, you know, I, I always liked and I always, you know, like kind of followed, uh, you know, throughout, um, the time, even when I wasn't skating that much, I would just sort of like, you know, kind of either, you know, this is before the days of Facebook and stuff, but like, you know, pick up a magazine and hope to see him in it, you know, or I remember when uh, he was in, um, I think it was the CKY, uh, CKY2K with Bam. I think it was CKY2K, but one of those, you know, but always, yeah, he was, he was definitely the one that I was always like kind of trying to pattern myself after. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And and it kind of leads me to my next few questions here too. So I got you down. So you, I guess the first rendition of the Skatefulness podcast, you were part of that too. And you're still kind of part of the new version with Dan. I mean, how was it working with, with Dan and Mike V over the last year or so? So basically, um, yeah, like the first uh, iteration of the Skatefulness podcast, you know, like we were um, really involved with Street Plant. We were basically sponsored by them um, or, you know, by Mike and his family. You know, we were kind of the official podcast of the Street yeah. Plant Battalion, um, which was really cool. Since there's been, you know, some changes made to different things, um, the Soap Brigade, unfortunately, is, is no longer a, a part of that. Um, it's now just, you know, kind of everyone in that community is just the Street Plant Battalion, which I think is kind of cool. You know, it doesn't put anybody up above anyone else. But as, as far as skatefulness uh, in its current, you know, form is concerned, I'm pretty much not part of it as mm. much as I used to be anyway. I'm still 
you know, there's some talk about doing sort of a regular little slot or something, but logistically, I think, um, you know, it's not like Dan and I had a falling out or anything and, mm-hmm. or, or Dan and Mike and I really, it just came down to the fact that, you know, I'm in Virginia, Dan is in Tennessee. Um, there's a couple other guys, uh, Joey and uh, Pat who are both mm-hmm. in, in that area as well. They can all do, you know, a, a podcast in the same room together. So it just works out better. You know, yeah, I think I'm- for them, it's just nice to have everybody in the same room. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess it's part of you having you on the show today. I, I missed your voice, dude. It was selfish of me. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get Dave on, you know, I miss hearing his voice. So I'm just, you know, divulging that to the public, but, but yeah, so you kind of answered my question. So, so the street plant battalion is, Oh no, the, the Stoke brigade is no longer, but street plant battalion is kind of what the crew is. Right. Am I getting that yes. right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, what I like about that, crew and and much like yourself is just the positivity the the stoke like i always see everyone patting each other on the back you know trying to get people Mm -hmm. pumped up so that's cool to see i mean it's not like that didn't exist in skateboarding but it's Mm -hmm. it's very obvious when you go on to the the feed you see all those comments oh man this crew is cool this crew is legit and and that i think that's a top-down thing like mike v started that so Mm -hmm. um you know he he seems like a chill dude i've never met him you know, I've always been a fan from him afar as well. Like he's like, mm. there's only like a handful of skaters that like, if someone asks me, Oh dude, Rick, who would you want to skate with in your, there's only, he's one of them. Like I, he's one mm. I'd love to just chill and skate with. And, and, and so it's cool that you mentioned that. Like he, he seems like he's that way on and off the board on and off the microphone. So it's mm. cool that he built that and it's, you know, they're, they're carrying on, you know, his, his work, you know, through the battalion which is cool. Yeah. And you're part totally. of it. And, so. and that's, you know, I think it's, that's a great observation because, and that's one of the biggest things I've, I noticed about street plant and about that community was that, you know, like I had, um, when we first moved to Virginia, I've been a personal trainer now for like 20, 22 years coming up. And, you know, when we moved here, I obviously didn't have a client base. So we needed to get another job to, to, you know, kind of get settled first before we started our own thing. And we were working at this place. I won't mention the name of it. I'm sure nobody listens uh, in because it has nothing to do with skateboarding whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was a job. And it was the first, one of the first times in my life because I'd worked for myself for so long that I realized how much someone at the top can influence the rest of everyone. You know, so we had this boss who was just a miserable person. You know, like that's all I'll say. He was just, he was negative. He was negative about other people and everything else. And it, you could see it just trickle down, you know? And when I found street plant and, you know, when I looked in, when I got back into skating and I found what Mike V was doing and, you know, wanted to support his company. The first thing I realized was that like the stoke and the positivity that everybody in that social community brought was directly in line with him and what he, he kind of projects as a person, you know, like I kind of think of him as like, this like wise professor, you know, Um, just this, this guy who's, he's, he's super genuine, you know, very, very positive with everything. Doesn't seem to really, you know, like want to even like mess around with negativity, you know? Um, And that definitely sort of trickles down and it 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 has created a great community of of people who, you know, just want to have fun on a wooden toy, you know, like that's really what it's about. Um, And, and I think one of the things that I, that sort of drew me to it as an older guy who was getting back into it. You know, I could, I could like, 
I could watch Nigel skate all day. I could watch Chris Jocelyn, you know, do a million different things. You know, everybody, like all these, all the current pros and all the guys right now are phenomenal. But like, it doesn't speak to me the same way as, you know, just going out and having fun. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a whole other world. And I think it's awesome and I love it and I will, I'll watch it every second. But I wanted something that was a little bit more realistic for where I'm at and, and what I'd enjoy doing, you know, like I got to go to work on Monday. I got to go yeah. you know, do all these other things. So I, I want to have, you know, just a good time and I don't want any negativity. I don't want any, you know, uh, anything to come in the way of that. I just want fun, fun, stoke and positivity. Yeah, I agree. And, and what I like about Mike actually, there are two pros that come to mind when I think of helmets. You know, Mike V's one and then uh, Anthony Anderson. Is it Anthony Anderson? Yeah. yeah. Andy. Yeah, Andy Anderson. Andy Anderson. Why, yeah. So um, that's why I had, <laughs> I had a brain fart right there. But um, so two guys and that's it. So what I like is that he's, you know, because, I mean, I don't wear a helmet when I skate in the street. But I, I know if I did, I'd be protecting my brain, of course. But because it's not like cool or it doesn't look cool in, in photos you know this is not my point of view just what out here um i i would benefit from wearing one because i'd be more confident okay if i'm yeah. wearing a helmet i could you know i'm gonna be 46 this year so i'm like all right what can i do and not kill myself and still be around for my family well one i could probably wear a helmet and know my limits but i love that mike wears that and like he wears it when he's just rolling down the street or if he's actually mm -hmm. doing a session or doing whatever so it's kind of cool that he still is kind of the he's trying to be a leader on that front too. So yeah. it's very cool to see that. And I, I respect and, that, you know, you, you know, he made a really good point. Um, I think there was a, uh, there was an interview that I was listening to. Damn. It might even actually been on our podcast. I can't remember where I heard him say it, but basically, you know, he made the point that, you know, for throughout his career, obviously he, he didn't wear a helmet and, you know, he skated in contests and skated hard, did video parts, everything else. But I think, and I, I might be doing a terrible job of paraphrasing this and Mike, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but basically the gist of what he was saying was that, you know, it's, it's unfair to the people in his life that he loves if he's to get, you know, some heaven forbid, you know, brain injury, uh, traumatic brain injury that is then going to force them to have to take care of him. And I thought that was a really, it's really nice to put in perspective like that, you know, because we all have people who we love. We all have people who love us. And we love doing certain things. And some of those things might involve some risk. You know, my, my wife loves to, she runs 250 mile races, you know, like yeah. that's her thing. And within that, there's a certain amount of risk, you know, and we try mm -hmm. to minimize that, you know, like she, when she goes out in the mountains out here for her training runs, she's got her, uh, you know, she's got some pepper spray. She's got her GPS thing that, that um, allows me to find out where she is at any time if I need to. And, you know, I think taking precautions for not ourselves necessarily, but the people that we love is a really noble thing. I think it's awesome. And I agree, you know, like I, I don't wear a helmet when I skate. I probably should. But, you know, I think Mike setting that example and being, you know, such a legendary skater, um, I, I hope people follow that, you know, and, and Andy as well. I think, you know, like that's, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And like you said, it, it breeds confidence, confidence. So, it does. you know, if you go out and you feel better, you're going to skate better. It is. It just, I just speak personally. Cause like if, 
you know, if, if tw- I flash back to 25 year old me, I'm the guy at the skateboard going, ah, look at the guy wearing a helmet. But now I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm that guy. And I don't care. Like, all right, whatever. I'll be the yeah. guy wearing a helmet. But it's just funny how it changes as you get older, you get more wiser, things change, perspective changes. And then you realize all along, it doesn't matter. You do what you want to do. You skate how you want to skate. You do the tricks you want to skate. I'm, I've always said, I don't have illegal tricks. You know, I was joking, don't push Mongo, you know, that's the, just try not to do that. But I don't have like, you, you have some guys out there, oh, this trick is illegal, this trick's illegal. Like they have, they have a list, like at the top of their head, they think about it. I'm like, oh. I don't go there, dude. So I just like, yeah. as you realize you get older, I just don't care. Just go have fun and just yep. do whatever you like doing, man. That's, that's my thing, man. And dude, that's what skateboarding is, man. You know, like I, I was over at my parking lot, Utopia, the other day. And um, there was, uh, there were a couple kids there actually with skateboards. And a, I was just super stoked to see that because I, I just love watching kids skate. I think it's awesome. And I love watching them have fun. And their grandmother was with them. And she asked me, like, hey, can you show them a couple things? And I was like, me? I'm like, you don't want me showing them anything. But, uh, but I, you know, I showed them my, my first trick with the flip and stuff. And, and uh, one, of the, one of the kids, uh, this, this little kid, uh, Jake, was you know on his knees on the board just riding around on his knees and his grandmother's like stand up don't do that stand up i'm like whoa like you know i didn't say anything but in in my soul i wanted to be like don't tell him like that's what he should be doing like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like if you're sitting on it if you're kneeling on it if you're just whatever you know what i mean like if you're having fun you're doing it right and that was that was totally it so i got down on my knees and i started pushing around with them you know like, nice. it was just awesome we were having a great time you know that's like, cool that, that's what it's all about man that's how i started and i started on like it was a i mean i can't find it i've tried to look on ebay for it but it was like a green veriflex like banana board and i can't mm-hmm. find it it didn't have a like a tail it was flat so it was like a roller skate, I guess. But I, I remember rolling around on my knees on that thing. And then I probably pushed Mongo for two seconds. And I learned, no, that's not <laughs> what I'm going to do. And then I started pushing around and learned. So I, I progressed. But that's how I started, too. You got to start somewhere. But, yeah, it's funny that the grandma was like, no, don't do that. It's not. She, <laughs> she's seen, you know, whatever footage she has over the years. And like, yeah. and she's like, no, don't do that. But that's funny uh, how you yeah. did it as well, man. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> that says a lot about you. And it says a lot about the grandma, too, you know. <laughs> yeah well dude you know like there's there's always that constant debate like is skateboarding an art is it a sport is it what it is what you want it to be yeah you know yes. like and and whatever that is is totally fine like if if it's a mode of transportation for you that's what it is if mm-hmm. it's flat ground tricks that's cool if it's transition that's your thing if it's if it's just a way for you to meditate and to enjoy yourself and, and kind of you know check out that's cool too. If it's, if it's, Hey, if it's means to being in the Olympics one day, go for it, man. You know, like it's, yeah. is, it's such a special thing and it can be enjoyed by so many people, by everyone, you know, like anyone mm-hmm. and everyone age, race, religion, doesn't matter. As long as you're just having fun with that thing, you're doing it a hundred percent. Right. Yeah, exactly. dude. And that's for me, for me, especially since COVID and all that, like it's an escape and it, it didn't used to be an escape. I mean, it kind of did. It was an escape for me in the past, but it wasn't a, a necessary escape. So now, like, I tell mm-hmm. my wife, okay, because she likes to roller skate. She does her, you know, we, we rotate nights and we go out, you know, whatever. The kids are in bed or whatever. But for me now, it's an escape. Dude. It's like a mental, mm-hmm. like, I need mental health. So it's, it's, it's that function for me now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have yeah. always been there, but now it's like, okay, I need to go skate. Like, like you said, you, you're taking advantage of going as much as you can every day. And I wish I could do that, but 
I'll, I'll, I enjoy when the moments, when I can take it and I enjoy and embrace those moments when I'm on the board. So yeah, it's brutal, but, but yeah, um, check in my notes too. So you got to ride, this was a collaboration, you know, the street plant, Mark Gonzalez board. How is it riding that beast, dude? Cause I was looking at pictures that looks really fun. Okay. So, so first of all, another skater, you know, I, I said Mike V in the beginning and it totally was, but Gons is, is probably my very close second. I mean, Mike probably beats him out just by a hair, but Gons is the other two. So that board was like, my world's just colliding. You know, like <laughs> those are like Mike and Gons, like those guys are on my Mount Rushmore, you know, yeah. um, of skaters. That board is a freaking blast. Like, it is, and there, there will be, so Street Plant is um, kind of in a hiatus right now. There's mm -hmm. uh, some, some moving going on and stuff. Um, but they will have more of those jumbo Gons boards available, I think, in March um, is the next time that they're going to be uh, coming out when Street Plant opens up again. When I got this thing, first of all, it comes in a box that you wouldn't believe how big it is. <laughs> um, when, when I pulled it out, it's, it looks like a surfboard. It looks like a mini surfboard. It's huge. I had to, I, I didn't have any trucks for it. So I had to order some uh, Indy 215s. Yeah. You know, like, and it is just a blast, you know, like it, it was, it was one of those boards that immediately when I, when I ordered it, I was really stoked and I knew it was going to be fun. And I, I've seen Gon skating those, you know, crazy boards that he skates. If you, you know, watch them on YouTube or catch some clips on, uh, on Instagram or Facebook, whatever your social media of choices you know, you've seen him do stuff and, and he's gone. He makes it look awesome, you know? Yeah. But dude, that thing, I was so stoked to get it. And I bring that board everywhere. Like when I go to any street spot anywhere, that board's in the car. I'll bring, you know, my, my regular deck and my regular setup, but then I've always got to have that Gons board. And it's just so much fun. It just is, to me, it reminds me of the first few times I ever stepped on a skateboard and it was just so enlightening, you know, it was just like, Whoa, this is awesome. Now, technically, how does it ride? It, it's a beast, man. It's mm -hmm. like, basically, if you think of a regular, you know, like what we know today is a modern skateboard, you know, just a, a popsicle, say an eight, two, five. Yeah. It's nimble. It, it, you can pop it high. Everything is good. You know, you can do whatever you want with it. It's a jack of all trades. It's like the Ferrari of, you know, of skateboards. The Gons Jumbo board is like driving a Mack truck that mated with a city bus. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it rolls over everything. It's stable as, I mean, it's stable as anything. I mean, you could, it, you can, you know, my, I wear a size 13 shoe and my whole foot fits on there. You wow. Know? Um, that says a lot, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But it is, uh, but it's fun, you know, like you can, it takes a little bit to adjust to, I think, you know, and, and I think maybe uh, skaters with a lot more skill than me will probably be able to do some really fun stuff on it. Um, I'm happy just doing bonuses and no complies and, you know, ollieing down some curbs and up a curb potentially if I can muscle it up there. Yeah. Um, but dude, it's a, it's a, it's a hoot, man. Like I really, I would love to see uh, like a segment or more boards being produced like that. Cause I think they're just, they're just fun. They just add to the color of skateboarding. They, they add to the fun of it. There's something different to do. And then when you get back on your regular board, 
it feels like you're on steroids because everything just goes so easily. You know? yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> it's cool, well, man. You, you and I kind of have a similar story because, I mean, I, you know, I've been riding for over 30 years now, and I was riding popsicle boards for the longest time. And my first, like, shaped board, I found street plant. So I had the 8.75 is the, the heart and fist valley. Um, yeah. And I still have it. It's actually here to my right. But um, that's 8.75. I wear a size 10 foot. So that was not too bad. But it took me a while to kind of get used to it. And, and I've since I moved on. Right now I'm riding, riding uh, Ryan Lay's 8.6 uh, from Welcome. That's a, it's a nice board, too. And then I also have an 8.1. So I noticed, mm. like you said, when you go from the, the larger board to a smaller, you feel like, dude, this is like, it feels like almost like a freestyle board. Like, I got yeah. it. So I like having both. <laughs> But I'm like, dude, when I get, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure eventually I'll get one of those Gonzas. And when I get it, I'm going to have to get all new setup too, because I don't have big trucks. I don't have 215s or anything like that. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it out and then going back to like my 8.1 and be like, what? Oh, dude, it's, <clears throat> and that's the thing, man. Like I started, um, I've been, uh, I've been skating an eight recently, uh, an eight popsicle. And like, mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's, <clears throat> it's super fun. It reminds me of like, some of the boards that I had, you know, in like the nineties that were like, you know, seven inches and like eight yeah. was considered or super wide board. But this thing is just a, a, a blast. And like when I skate the Gons board and then get back on that eight, I'm like, Whoa, like <laughs> this thing just, it, you know, like even, yeah. even though I don't even, I don't try to flip the Gons board as soon as I go back to that eight and like, just try to do a kickflip. It's like, I'm almost like getting a double flip in. It's like, it's yeah. insane, you know? <laughs> exactly. Cause you're like, you're yeah. getting used to it, but yeah. And it, it's cool that like, it's almost come full circle because mm. I, I looked up some old clips of, of Gons and, and Mike V. So I guess, you know, Gons, it was like about seven years ago, he mentioned, you know, you know, the Thrasher classics clips like he mentioned. Yeah. He mentioned public domain and how, you know, Mike's mm. one of his favorite skaters. And then now we're coming full circle. He's got like a board on street plant. So it's all kind of given back. So it's really cool that, but I, what I really love and I was cracking up, <laughs> is because obviously the, the picture i don't i don't know if that was supposed to be gonza's face back in the day i don't know the, the history but he's a little bit chubbier on this one so he's like <laughs> he's more a grown-up adult so i was like i was just cracking them all there they are truly like doing it justice by making it like uh, that board you know it's like we're yeah, all a little bit older totally. you know a little bit more weight than we do and, and of course, <laughs> the new gons board does as well exactly i keep up with the times that's all it's so funny but yeah i like how you mentioned yeah. that the the you're you know riding 8.25 and just it is it does yeah. make a huge difference though man and, and i'm uh, glad you gave us some insight on kind of that board and do you follow um is it oh it's destroyed wood on instagram yes yeah yep. he's been riding it too so he's been doing a lot of good stuff and then another account that i've been following recently is called um i don't know it's wide boys and it's like it's spelled differently but go look at that up on instagram too they got a bunch of like I guess people submit their, their wide boards and they have so many cool setups, you know, and I, and I can't remember if I've seen the Gons one on there yet, but I'm sure it will be if not. So I'll have to double check on that, but nice. that's another account too. Yeah. But destroyed wood kills it on that board. And then wide boys, another good account to follow. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. So check that out. But yeah. So, I mean, I wanted, I was hoping that, you know, also in relation to skateboarding, they would announce the, um, the trick of the year. Do you follow any of that? Like Sodi and all that stuff. You've been keeping up on any of that, you know, of the last you know year, I mean, every year, but this past year. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. Cause I, I kind of intentionally, like when I first got back into skating, like regularly and knew I wanted to kind of dedicate myself to it again, I kind of intentionally avoided a lot of like the media stuff, you know, because I really wanted, I didn't want to feel, I've always been super competitive and if I see somebody else doing something, I'm going to be like, I could do that. And I want to do that. And 
a lot of times, you know, over the course of the last, you know, 30 years of being competitive and everything else, it takes the fun out of it for me Mm -hmm. because I'm just constantly comparing myself to like, you know, either a goal that's attainable or, you know, something that's completely unattainable and I'm never going to get there. So kind of going into this, I think maybe just having those experiences before and getting back into skating, I just didn't, I wanted to do it for myself. I wanted to like Mm -hmm. go out, not have any agenda. You know, I mean, I could, the only thing I could do when I started again was just, I could barely Ollie again, you know, like, and I, I really wanted to just keep like my progression almost like kind of, I wanted it to be my secret thing, you know, (laughs) like I just wanted to be like kind of curled up in my little safe space and it's only recently that I started, I got my subscription to Thrasher back, I, yeah. you know, like started following everything. I've watched, I've probably watched too many YouTube videos now. So I really kind of just have gotten back into like skater of the year mm-hmm. um, and, and things like that. So unfortunately I would say like, I'm not a hundred percent up on everything, but I'm getting there. Cool, getting man. There. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Like, and I hate keep trying, trying to keep comparing to like the, the good old days, but there's just so much content these days. I can't even mm. keep up with it. You know, I try to like <laughs> pick the stuff that I like every week to talk about. And I could literally like, I could do a show every day, like for all the mm. content that's out there. So I, I don't keep up with everything. I miss some stuff, you know, over the years, but you know, I try to keep a pulse on what's out there, but, but yeah, I was a big, you know, trans world guy. And then it went under and then I subscribed to yeah. Thrasher again. So I'm like on the second year of that or whatever. But yeah, I know I just figured out actually because I was hoping that I wanted to talk about the trick of the year because that's supposed to be announced pretty recently. And I don't know who's, I mean, I think Zane, Zane Timpson might have it. He's got my pick and then um, Dane. So I don't know, but I was just figured I'd ask you that. But yeah, we don't know yet. So, but does, we'll my question is, does, so you know how um, Chris Jocelyn did the, was it the tray flip down? Was that old El Toro? El Toro, yeah. It, yeah, dude, like I know some people can like i know he doesn't i think consider it a land because like (laughs) but like holy crap man like dude he he definitely rolled a good 15 feet that's a land you know that's exactly i it is it's very and i was torn i think i talked about it too and and i and i said it two ways i said watch the clip and then watch only his upper half of his body and then watch the clip again and watch his lower half of the body and if that makes sense because you'll see his hands and everything, you'll see that it's not a make. That I'm like, damn, I hate to say this, it's not a make. Uh, and I appreciate <laughs> that he was honest enough not to cut that clip because he could have yeah. like, he could have just edited it right at the right spot. Dude, that's a make, you know. But but yeah, yeah. I know I me, I would have called it a make. Like whatever, dude. You guys, this is this yeah. is it. But but I can see how much like he he's like a kind of a perfectionist. He wanted to get that full roll away. But then again, he was running into grass. So I mean, I don't know how much you know, he could have walked it off, but yeah, it was, I, yeah. I, mean, I counted as not make, uh, not making it. And I think he did as well. So I'm like, I didn't feel as bad, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it was, like, totally. it was, I mean, he landed <laughs> board on, you know, feet on board and rolled away a little bit. And that is huge yeah. for that as well. That's Dude, that's it's insane. Crazy. Like absolutely insane. But I yeah. tell you, yeah. <clears throat> so I, and that's, I, that's I, the whole thing. It's just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I gave it a, a, a thumbs down. It wasn't, or, or do the little, like they do at the barracks, the blow the whistle and whew, yeah, another, they, another shot. <laughs> redo. So, yep. <laughs> um, so yeah. So as we're wrapping up, I have, I have one more question. And I mean, unless there's anything you want, we can, you know, you want to bring up after, but one more question and it's not related to skateboarding. So uh, I got to ask, I know you're like, Oh, great. How was <laughs> it working during it before that bazooka gum commercial? Back in the day? <laughs> 
Oh, I, did, I did my research. I did my research. Oh. It's on YouTube. Nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first of all, well done. Cause uh, yeah, that's, um, that's, yeah, that was, that was my claim to fame there. Um, can you, um, but so that, uh, okay. I'll, I'll kind of give you just a real quick background story about that. So at that point, I think I was maybe mid twenties, like 24, 25. I used to do modeling and acting when I was in college. And then that kind of like went over and I thought that was going to be my career for a little bit. When I actually got that bubblegum, the bazooka bubblegum commercial, that was like kind of like the beginning of a string of like work that I got, which was really cool. And I thought like, okay, one day, you know, uh, on the no Mongo podcast, they're going to bring this up in my interview. It'd be awesome. You know, actually at that point I thought maybe Jay Leno on the tonight show. There you go. Now star. we're talking, but yeah, but no Mongo podcast is basically the same thing. So it's all good. Um, but no, so, um, so I got that, that part, or if you want to call it a part or commercial or whatever, kind of like last minute, I went to this audition. I had an agent. I was living in New York City at the time. And she's like, oh, you know, you have this audition today, this audition, this audition. That was the last one of the day. And I could not care less. Like when I saw what it was, they give you your, you know, your script, your sides or whatever they call yeah. it. I was going over it in the waiting room, you know, in the hallway before I went into the casting room. And I was like, what is this BS, man? I'm like, this is so stupid. I can't like, so I went in and just didn't even care. I was just, I said the lines. I'm like, oh, well, bazooka bubblegum, woo, you know, whatever. And uh, the next, I think it was like the next day or the day after my agent called me and she's like, hey, you booked the bazooka bubblegum part. I need you to be at like, you know, such and such uh, street. And they're going to drive you to this, you know, on the set. And, um, I was like, really, I got that. I thought wow. I was a jerk in the, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was the getting of it. When I was there, I had to do that take and I hope like your listeners, uh, will go and check it out on YouTube. Oh, yeah. if you just I'll include it in the link. In. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had to say my lines and do this like little bazooka dance. I kid you not 200 times. Like, oh, wow. it just, and I'm like, and every time was exactly the same. And the director's like, no, you need to like, say it like this, say it like this. And I'm like, bro, how many more times can I say all I want is bubblegum, bazooka, zooka, bubblegum. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was, that was, uh, that was interesting. I did do a couple other cool things too, but the bazooka one probably was like, um, that was, that was definitely the, the most humiliating and funny one at the time. Oh, but I will say, sorry, I, I know I'm kind of going on with this, but here's a funny fact about that, that commercial. So when that commercial came out, like I said, it was a string of things that I got, all these different parts. So when the commercial came out, it was on, you know, like Saturday morning cartoons and I was personal training at the time. You know, I had a bunch of clients and all of their kids that would come into the gym and see me, we were like, that's the bazooka guy. Nice. Like, the trainer is the bazooka guy. But the following week, and I don't know, this just happened to release this way, but previous to the bazooka thing, I did a photo shoot for New York Magazine. And I was on the cover of the magazine with 15 other people. And it was their first annual sex issue. And on the inside of the magazine, on the middle spread, I had a, a awesome shoot with like, it was myself, uh, another uh, young lady that was there and then her boyfriend. And basically it was supposed to be this like tension between the three of us. <laughs> and so that be, being that it was the first annual sex, sex issue of, the, of New York magazine, 
was like a big deal. So it was on the news and they were like showing, you know, showing the magazine, showing the cover of it, you know, doing all these different things. So that as the bazooka bubblegum commercial was on the air and the kids were seeing it and saying, Hey, it's the bazooka bubblegum guy. The parents were seeing me <laughs> nude in the magazine, not a hundred percent nude, obviously, but like basically made to look like I had no clothes on Yeah, on the news. And I'm like, Oh man, this is what a like, what a, crazy like juxtaposition this is that um, is but yeah hilarious. so that's my uh my interesting story about bazooka and new york magazine dude that <laughs> is amazing and i think <laughs> is bazooka still around like i don't even i don't even pay attention to that stuff is it are they still around i, mean, I should probably know this and i should probably <laughs> the, still be getting royalty checks, yeah i was but, saying aren't you those checks still coming in <laughs> and i can i think I i'm not, remembering were those was that the gum that came with like comic strips or am i yeah. thinking of, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I do at least remember the gum, but yeah, I don't remember if yeah. there's, cause I mean, I, I don't know. I figured my kids would want them by now, but I don't remember going, no, we're not going to buy any bazooka gum, but I'll have to look, you know, that's, that's a side note. We'll, we'll follow up on that. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's like, but yeah, I mean, I'm like wondering like, dude, maybe there's something in it for you. Like, bazooka getting into the skateboarding game i don't know i'm just brainstorming at this point i don't know dude hey i i would i would not turn it down if there was man i'm i'm all for doing like the the 15 year reunion of uh bazooka bubblegum you know it well yeah i'll have my agent call your agent although i don't have nice. an agent but you know we'll have my people call your people you know we'll, we'll yeah, figure it out we'll, we'll pitch it to them i look you guys i i think that's a good idea i think i like where you're going with this <laughs> <laughs> nice man that's cool man but yeah i mean as far as my uh my list that i wanted to talk to you today that is complete i mean is there anything that we maybe we didn't cover today you want to talk about i mean I, I love this i mean i can i can have you on again down the road if you want to come on again oh, i'd love too, to so it'd be cool i would totally love to I, i'd say probably the only thing um you know like the world's kind of crazy right now. There's a lot of negativity going on. Obviously, um, you know, here in Virginia, we're, we're pretty close to Washington, D.C. So obviously the events of uh, last week are pretty fresh in all of our minds here and kind of hit home pretty, uh, pretty well. Obviously, there's a pandemic going on. There's a bunch of stuff. World's just crazy, man. It seems like nobody's getting along. I would say the, the, the thing that uh, I have found to be really important and really just try to try to relate in, in everything I do and everybody I talk to is just positivity and love, man. You know, like it sounds really corny. It sounds very like hippy dippy, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like life is short, you know, this, this, uh, this journey that we're on goes by faster than any of us really expected to. And if we can do anything to make anyone else's day better or spread positivity, spread love, spread stoke, man, you know, whether that's through skateboarding, whether it's just from opening a door for somebody, you know, if you, uh, if you have a clear mask on smiling at them, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, you never know whose day you can change. You never know whose, uh, outlook on life you can make better. And, you know, I, I just, uh, I want to say like, if you can do that, that's, that's one of the best things you can do. It's the best gift you can give to a stranger. Just smile at them, be nice, you know, forget your differences. Um, and just, you know, spread positivity and love. Yeah. And that is exactly why I wanted you on the show. So I appreciate your insight and, and words on it. No, really. That was, that was cool, uh, man. So, and I guess, so. before we wrap up, I mean, where, where can anyone find you like social media, you know, plug your stuff. I mean, I know you did do yeah, personal cool. training. I mean, yeah. Plug your stuff, man. It'd be awesome to oh, spread dude. that. Cool. Uh, so uh, website for personal training is DNA 
dash movement.com. Um, that's where you can find all of our personal training stuff. We do uh, offer online training, um, you know, plans, things like that. So hit me up if you're interested in any of that stuff. Dave Pike 14 is my um, Instagram handle. Uh, we also have DNA dot living, um, which is our uh, business um, Instagram, which we don't use a ton, probably should more. Uh, we also have Facebook pages. DNA movement is our Facebook business page. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, Dave, dude, it's been a blast. I knew this was going to be fun. And, and we'll, we're going to do this again soon. This is only the first of, of multiple conversations you and I are going to have. And, you know, we'll give you cool. plenty of time to get caught up on all the social media and all the, the media escape videos next time Let's we chat. Because there's always a million I, I, of them. We could talk about whatever, <laughs> dude. So, yeah, this has been a blast, man. I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Oh man. Well, Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you uh, reaching out and having me on here, man. I hope I didn't talk too much. Dude, that's the best thing you did, man. Don't even get it wrong. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Take it easy, man. Later, bro.